0: universe season 30 episode 23 coming up on the show we've got abductee mob justice meeting the head of alien security at the walmart parking lot and the bee riding knights of the fae realm
1: i'm your host benjamin grundy joining me is aaron wright i can't believe you got to the fairy census number two <laughs> first <laughs> you got to it first we've been checking it every single day to see every if it's day available. and the one
0: day i don't and check it and here it is fairy census number two the thing is it's it's not even on his site. And I don't think we ever would have found it. I just saw a link on The Anomalous today. <laughs> and they don't even it's not even a link to his his blog or anything or any of the, the sites. Is it just that, a PDF? That Simon Young runs. It's it's just directly to the PDF. So
1: it's probably been sitting on his server. For weeks. Because that's what I've been doing. I've been checking his website. I'm like, nothing, no update, no update. Oh, well, that's okay. The spoils go to you today, Ben. So Simon
0: Young has been running the ferry census, if you don't know, for years now. and
1: 2017 this, was the last one when it came out, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, and that was a collection of, what, four or five years of reports previously. And basically, it's a online submission form where people can go and submit experiences, eyewitness sightings to little people. <laughs>
1: yeah. So modern day reports of people encountering essentially fairies.
0: Yeah, and there's a ton of reports people submit of weird childhood encounters, strange things they've seen over the years. And we've been waiting and waiting for number 2 to drop and to drop and it has dropped.
1: There's hundreds,
0: hundreds yeah, of I ex- cases
1: I expected as much
0: and, and globally as well. All over the world, yeah. he's got cases from Brazil and Chile and and India and Argentina and It's, there's a ton from Australia as well. There's a huge chapter on Australia. The majority of them are, of course, from England and Ireland and the rest of the UK. There's some real bangers in there. Well, here's the thing. I started reading it and most of the reports are, I was a child and I saw this little creature fleetingly for a few seconds. It was real. I'll never forget it. And that's it. And they're about a paragraph, barely a, a paragraph long. And I started reading it today and I was thinking, oh, is this actually going to work? Because there's no real there's no meat, meat here. Yeah. And then I, I got into some of the latter ones in England and it was just banger after banger. There's some weird Romanian story where this, this woman's on holiday with her family and she sees this giant bumblebee fly past. And she looks really closely and there's like a little man riding on the back of it.
1: <laughs> That's like the report from uh, Little People with, what was his name? Uh, Quinn. Was it David
0: Quinn? What was his? His was a little man riding on top of a bird. That's
1: right. A raven. And it had yeah. little
0: reins. This one is the same thing. It was riding on the back of a bumblebee and it had little reins and a spear. <laughs> How big are bumblebees? Like that must be like dead yeah, tiny. tiny, tiny little thing. And some of them are just hilarious. There's a, an amazing case from Brazil, which explains my um lower thirds that I have for this episode. I was
1: going to ask you about that. Where uh, there's
0: a fey creature known as Little Bongo. Little Bongo. <laughs> Little, Little Bongo. Bongo. It's this guy, he, he goes to this specific area in Brazil. It might actually be Chile. I can't quite remember now. But it's considered like a sacred valley mm-hmm. and there's stone paintings and uh, ancient artifacts there. and It's very old. Uh, mystical place and he goes there and he finds himself entering a meditative state and he doesn't quite know why he just feels so relaxed so calm and he starts to close his eyes and enter into this kind of nice not meditation but just this reverence for nature and the valley before him and he opens his eyes and there's like a one foot tall little naked man with a bongo drum on his waist (laughs) What? And he's wearing beads and he's got like like dreadlocks, but he's tiny. He's like barely a foot tall. <laughs> and he looks down at this little guy who he ends up calling Little Bongo. And they look at each other and they realize they've known each other many, many lifetimes. <laughs> and he
1: was like past life gnome experiences. Yeah. Him
0: coming to this valley was part of a, a promise he made in a past life. Oh, come on. To Little Bongo. And once he met Little Bongo, he knew that his mission was to bring the teachings of Little Bongo to the rest of the world. Or kick its face off. Or, yeah, or accidentally trip on him, like accidentally fall over and crush him. Is that what happened? Well, we're going to hear about uh, Little Bongo's teachings in the Plus extension coming up. What have you got okay, coming well, up um, in this Christmas-themed show with our Christmas lights this in the background?
1: Isn't, well, it's not entirely Christmas. This, I've got stuff for Christmas, but that's next week. Next oh, week yeah. is our last episode for 2023 before we take a little break. We'll put the tinsel up next week. Yeah, we will. We'll get that all ready and done. Uh, maybe even some Santa hats. We'll see how we go. Uh, but no, for this week's episode, actually, I was having a discussion with a, an, an acquaintance and uh, he's rather, I would say, um, I'm already pretty far gone when it comes to UFOs, aliens, that kind of stuff. I'm already pretty far gone. He is... Way gone. Like he's what gone. do you mean gone? Like, just... Believes it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I believe that there's a pretty <laughs> heavy cover-up going on. I'm pretty convinced that uh, the extraterrestrial presence has been here on Earth for an extremely long time. So when you say far gone, you mean believes everything, absolutely everything? No, I don't believe everything, obviously, at all. And in fact... I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about your friend. Oh, uh, yeah, well, no. In fact, uh, he's more of the idea that I think he's kind of, he's given up. Like, you know that meme which we just did, you know, just about I McEffin mean, had it? That's him when it comes to UFOs, like totally given up. Just and what What I mean. mean? So we were having this discussion about Grush and this release of all this UFO alleged evidence and what's going on. And I'm like, oh, there's something weird. You know what? We've spoken about it on the show. I'm like, there's something weird going on. I said it doesn't feel right. They're trying to change the narrative. They're trying to call it UAPs. They're changing the name. It's all. He's like, Aaron, you're overthinking it. It's already happened. It's done. And I said, well, what do you mean? It's already happened. It's done. He's like, they are already in here. They're already in control and they are completely controlling the narrative. And I'm like, what? Who are they? Like, what What hmm. the hell are you talking about? He's talking about? about the Jews, right? <laughs> <laughs> I did not say that. I did not say that. No, no. He's talking about human looking aliens. And I was like, okay. The hubris. Well, this is David Jacobs. This is the term that David Jacobs describes. And we've had David Jacobs on the show in the past. He's written uh, a number of great books on this topic of the infiltration of um, our planet by alleged extraterrestrials that look like human beings. But they've gone through such the hybrid program that we know there's stories from the 90s of people saying that they were abducted and taken aboard a craft to see their hybrid offspring. But the hybrid offspring was some weird, like, demented little thing it wasn't even wasn't gray it wasn't human there's something that looked really really wrong um the research of david jacobs up until recently has been well there's an entire hierarchy when it comes to this and you've got hybrids and then you've got advanced hybrids and then you go into the hybrids which is what he's talking about these essential humans like they are humans but they possess these extraterrestrial capabilities which i'll get into later on in the show but he says to me, he's like, no, 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 And he was, only, he was only fleetingly talking to me, but he's like, go and check out Robert Dean. And I was like, Robert Dean? I'm not familiar with him. So I go and search Robert Dean. And of course, Robert Dean comes up on our site, mysteriousuniverse.org. And Nick Redfern wrote just a brief article about him back in 2011, over a decade ago, about this man. And he writes that Robert Dean is a longtime figure within the field of UFO research, of all things that are flying, essentially. He worked with NATO in the 1960s And while working with NATO in the 1960s, he claims to have learnt about a secret study that was conducted on the UFO issue itself. More controversially, he writes, Dean says that part of the study demonstrated that at the time in question, so again, the 1960s, NATO had come to the conclusion that Earth had the presence of at least four different alien civilizations. So I'm
0: like, yeah, we've covered him a bunch of times on the show and he was uh, really popular, I would say, you know, over a decade ago. Yeah. He, I, I think he's he's been on places like Project Camelot a bunch of times, Yes, right?
1: and that's where I was like, well, this guy, where is he? And they all came running back. I've been quite critical of him in the past and I've actually looked into his background and he does have this military background. He actually is. So, I mean, perhaps I've been unfairly critical of who this guy is, but it started falling into this greater theme of what I wanted to, to do for this episode because I was like, maybe this is what's going on. It is all too late. There's nothing we can do. We can't change what's going on here. because And this is why the stories have changed. The abductee stories have changed. The phenomenon has changed. We're not hearing the same type of things that we're hearing in the 80s and the 90s. And it's like, well, everyone's got cell phone cameras now. I'm like, yeah, but no one's capturing decent photos. Well,
0: we spoke about this back in September on the episode 3011 the program, the program which was covering steve Aspen's book out of time the intergenerational abduction program explored and yeah you're right i mean he was convinced that it's at this this point of no return it's way beyond the point
1: of no return that's right and human beings are in a lot of trouble we're in a huge amount of trouble and we just don't know it yet and by the time that we work it out and we do know that there's trouble it's going to be too late. And
0: that's why when you see Tucker Carlson discussing UFOs and UFO secrecy, uh, I, I saw mention of this clip. I haven't seen it yet, but apparently in his latest clip, when he's talking about UFOs, he said, well, uh, part and parcel with the whole topic is a lot of disturbing things. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really good sign for him to say something like that, because this is what I've been harping on for a long time, a long time. now, yep. is that y- you just can't ignore the abduction phenomenon. It should be the primary focus. We need to get past this question of, oh, are they real? What are they? Are they from the Chinese? Are they some kind of advanced uh, surveillance the program? Russians. Who cares? Yeah.
1: Let's worry about what it's doing to people. Yeah. That's the most important thing. And I'm so pleased that you said that because it actually, what it's doing to people is far more terrifying than simply And this is terrifying in itself, taking people from their bedrooms and medically experimenting on them and doing that kind of stuff. This is a fully fledged training program, which is now being initiated and it's turning humans against humans. Humans are being uh, controlled, allegedly, according to some of these reports, uh, by these extraterrestrials because the extraterrestrial force, it's not big enough. It doesn't have enough power. It doesn't to be able to abduct multitudes of people, think about it. Like the number of people that are abducted, David Jacobs, and I'll link to um, and I'm gonna play some of his video and I'll link to a presentation he did years ago now, years. But he was saying that one of the most recent studies had suggested that up to three percent of the United States population had somehow been involved in the abduction program. Like three think about that. Three percent. That's a huge, that's millions of people. Now imagine kind how of many, unbelievable those numbers. I know. I don't,
0: I don't know how they they come to that conclusion. No, isn't that way. via a questionnaire? Yes. And some of the questions, that, of course. And you have like, have you ever felt like you've gone out of body? And oh, it's far. Have great. you ever felt like you don't belong
1: here? Yeah, i mean, And everyone, everyone ticks you yes. that way, exactly. But I think it's far greater. And you have to remember, Dr. David Jacobs. He spent 35 years at Temple University teaching history. This guy isn't just some random crackpot that's coming up with wild hypotheses about what's going on. He's worked with the greats like Bud Hopkins, Yvonne Smith. John Mack. John Mack, exactly. And he's seen what rational, normal people are talking about. And of course, they've also gotten into the field of hypnosis, which that is what murkies the waters in a lot of this stuff. Uh, but he claims to have established a series of protocols, essentially, that allow him to see confabulation and mm. you know where people make up stories. Not even deliberately make up stories. They're not trying to deceive people directly, but they kind of get confused because the brain plays tricks on you. And from that, He's found that there is a huge number of people that have been abducted. So let's say it is 3%. Let's say it's 1%, right? Jacobs makes the point. He's like, where do these people, these extraterrestrial civilizations, where do they have the resources to have the craft to be able to do it, to keep it hidden, keep it covered up? He's like, none of that is going to work if it's just extraterrestrials. So what have they they done? They've recruited us. They've brought abductees. They're not part of the program. Sorry, they're not the subject of the program. They are part of the program. They, are they implementing. become workers, they're employees. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Essentially, that's exactly what they are. So on this episode, I'm going to go into some of those stories about these workers and we can start seeing you know what's going on. Now, going back to, to Robert Dean and what Nick Redfern was writing about, this is really important. This sets the scene for what's going on. Back in the 60s, NATO allegedly knew about this. And of these four, at least four species, he said, and this is what Dean wrote, one of the most disturbing was that at least one of the groups... Had a civilization or culture that was here on this this planet. It was present, and it was identical to us. It's the same. They look like humans. They are like humans. Now, whether or not they are saying that the that NATO came to the conclusion that they were the human-like species somewhere else, another planet that's come here, uh, or they were shape-shifting, genetic engineering, any of that kind of stuff, it would explain a lot of the reports over the years. It would, wouldn't it? It really would. So continuing this, I want to set up this kind of theme for you because there's a lot of stories out there of abductees describing this interesting element of my labs, right? These are military abductions. There are plenty of reports over the years of people claiming that they're being abducted in a typical style abduction. Um, You know, a light comes in through the window and they get a buzzing noise in their head and they find themselves floating out of a room or they find themselves aboard a craft. And then very clearly they say it's not a craft, Taken to an underground facility or they're taken into the back of a military truck or a black helicopter Yeah, shows it's all up. very human
0: technology. It's there's all,
1: neon lights yeah, and yeah, it's metal doors. Yeah. And- it's all very human, you know. And then also there's outrageous stories of apparently, you know, people seeing what appear to be humans working next to gray extraterrestrials, or there's an insect standing in the corner, but then there's a human reporting to them. It's like, what is this? Is it that the military is is monitoring some type of program? Is that what's going on? That's where a lot of people go with my labs, is that or they're they're looking for abductees, and then they monitor the abductees by abducting them later on to then go and find out what's happened, right? I don't think it's that complex. I think it actually comes down to the fact that this isn't part of a far greater program, which according to David Jacobs, has been established since at least the 1890s. Mm. So we go back to the 1890s. That's how long this has taken for it to get to the point where we are today, uh, or in the last few years at least. So let me tell you the story of Allison. So this was also reported by by Nick Redfern. And Allison got in contact with him uh, after she'd had some unusual experiences where she'd gone through a series of alien abductions. And she said, "I actually believe now that this is some type of sophisticated mind control operation, but what it exactly is, I don't know." She lives in Arizona. She lives actually on a ranch which is not too far from Sedona and I and I kind of laugh a little bit there because I'm like, "Well, is she being abducted or is she being dragged through some weird Sedona vortex port? We know that Sedona's got a little weird metaphysical stuff associated with it. But from the ages of 27 to 31, Allison claims to have been subjected to at least five kidnappings that have the hallmarks of a typical abduction. You know, she writes that on each occasion, she'd be in her living room, she'd be reading or watching TV with her pet dogs in the room, and then the dogs start acting up. And as soon as the dogs start acting up, um, they're moving around the room in this fashion that they're whimpering, they're terrified. And she says things become a blur and she kind of goes groggy. And then she wakes up in another part of the house, like somewhere else in the house with her head pounding with this headache and just feeling generally unwell um, and this dry mouth effect. And for days after, she'd have weird experiences. Uh, and that would include things like dreams of where you know these flashbacks of what have taken place. And she would describe things like, well... Right after the dogs went crazy and she kind of went grogging and blacked out, she would have these flashes of all the electricity in the house going out and this deep humming sound kind of emanating from outside and this large living room window that she has, she'll walk up to and this intense bright light comes through and, and it blinds her. And as soon as it blinds her, she says, these shadowy figures start scuttling around the room. They grab hold of her. They take her outside through the window. And they place her aboard this craft where she's subjected to the typical, you know, UFO standard procedure that we all you know, know and hate. Um, but in saying that, she said there was this one particular time, it was the fifth abduction. So she's been through four of these. So by the fourth time, she knew what was coming. The fifth time, she absolutely knew what was coming. She said that everything started. It was the same thing. The light happened through the window. The vibrating's going on. She can hear her head humming. Mm. She's like, it stops it just abruptly stops, like it's all done. And she says there's all these figures inside the room that she'd seen every single time. But she's like, these figures, and the figures in all four previous uh, examples were essentially grates. She describes them as, you know, scrawny, grey, large, allied kind of creatures. Uh, But she says they stop, and then the vision kind of fades, so it's like this scintillating kind of effect. And I'll read exactly what she says here. This happened in real time, and I regained my senses. And surprisingly, so did the aliens. In their place was not a group of frail looking, bald headed, black eyed greys, but a number of large and burly men wearing what looks suspiciously like black military fatigues. Now, according Burly, huh? Yeah, now, well, yeah, is this the start of a porno? But she's like, these men just started to silently back away. They start walking out of the house. And even one, as she's still coming to, she's still under the effects of something, whatever they've fired through the window, maybe some type of you know, infrasound weapon, I don't know. But he holds up his hand just to say, you know, stay where you are. Like, don't move. And she's still coming too. So the men leave and she manages to like claw herself like over the floor and gets to the window and looks up through this window. And she says, rather than seeing a UFO, which she's seen every single time, parked in a front yard, she's like, it's a helicopter. It's just a black, unmarked helicopter with these bunch of army guys that climb back aboard and it flies off into the night sky. Is
0: the implication that they were abducting her or did abduct her?
1: That's the thing, right? Or so, is the implication that they've stopped one midway through? No, I think the for her, from what I was reading, the implication was is that uh, every single time this has happened is that it was the military. And oh, okay, was it, it was never aliens. It was before. never aliens in the first place. Like, they've somehow uh, done something. But I think this is more than this. Like, And she says, like, she believes, firmly believes that all these events have been the result of a combination of subliminal hypnosis, mind-altering technologies, and perhaps even non-lethal weaponry designed to temporarily uh, disable her nervous system and bodily movements. Yeah, that's all possible. But you know what? If you're running, let's just say you're running some type of biological monitoring program. There's a lot easier ways Mm. to test drugs or run horrific experiments. There's a whole, I mean, and we know the American government has done this. We know that this has happened throughout history. Aren't they you know they disguise it as some type of you know um, medical experiment that's for your benefit that kind of stuff so to go to the effort of abducting people pretending to be aliens and doing it multiple times I just don't buy that I think there's something else going on here and that's where we go to Brent Swanson.
0: Now, Brent, now these stories... Is that all you're going to tell from Alison's story? Because didn't she have uh, all these health issues after that? And then she saw a woman in black standing at the foot of her bed?
1: Yeah, which I'm not going to go into today. But yeah, there's, there is that. But that, that woman in black stuff uh, might fit in with a term that is called uh, the, alien, the alien hybrid security team. Okay. The okay. woman
0: was tall, around six foot three. Her skin was white. Her eyes were staring and bulging. Alison was paralyzed when she appeared. The woman gave a loud, satisfying groan
1: at the same time that Allison suddenly felt ill and cold. Yeah. So the parallels between, and this is what Nick Redfern writes about, the parallels between men in black, women in black encounters and David Jacobs enforces these hybrid security is stunning, like absolutely stunning. Um, and this might explain a lot of what's going on right? And I'll get to these enforcers, these, this hybrid security force, because that will come up later on. But just keep it in the back of your mind for the moment as we start going through the idea of this infiltration. So we have to go to some research that was conducted by Brent Swanson, which I'll link to in the show notes. And I, I love Brent's work. I think he just does really excellent stuff. Um, but this stuff is right on the edge of, of uh, credibility. It's right. And the reason why I say that is because the revelations allegedly come from a former uh, intelligence insider that's taken on the pseudonym Commander X. There's oh, good old Commander X. Commander X. There's a bunch of books out there, um, You know, he's and he's written really great stuff, but because it's from a anonymous pseudonym, there is absolutely no way to validate any of these details. We don't get Hasn't dates, times. Hasn't he been times. ID'd? Sorry, what's that? Hasn't he been ID'd, Commander X? I don't believe so, as far as I'm aware, but I, I could Christopher be Christopher Doyen.
0: Oh, okay. So, okay. <laughs> what do we know about him? I think this is someone different. It's right. like some hacktivist computer guy.
1: Oh, okay, no, no, no. That's not the same guy. He's not. He's not a hacktivist. He's a uh, apparently been involved in this field for a long time. But essentially, this uh, Commander X tells this story about a, another anonymous witness. So you can see how it's like these layers of anonymity uh, came to him and described to him about uh, an experience he had while working on a military base. So this guy said that uh, his job, he was a po- a private, and his job on this military base. Uh, was to go and collect parts and you know, have them maintained by the base mechanic and all that mm. kind of stuff. So this one particular day, he's performing his duties. It's getting into the evening. Uh, he has some metal object that he needs to have replicated or repaired. He takes it over to the mechanic at the base, and it's this urgent uh, welding job that has to take place. And so the mechanic looks at it and he looks at the instructions and he says, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, okay, we can we can carry this job out." And he's like, as he's talking about it, it's written that as we were proceeding with discussing the job the witness looked directly into his face and what he saw changed his life. Right in front of him, the mechanic's face suddenly became covered with a semi-transparent film or cloud. This continued as the man's features faded and in its place was a thing with bulging eyes, <laughs> no hair and scales for skin. Well, so his disguise ran out of battery or yes! something. <laughs> yeah, the technology just started to fade, right? And he stood there and he said, this thing lasted for 20 seconds. It was like 20 seconds as he looked back back at him and was having a conversation with him.
0: So the the hideous freak alien
1: didn't realize that didn't his realize. reality distortion field yes. wasn't functioning. He didn't realize. <laughs> and he wrote that his face, uh, this strange face seemed to fade away and then recede into the ordinary face of the young man who he had first mm. approached. Now this is just shocking, right? And he just he walks away because he's like I don't know what I saw. Um, I kind of think it as well. It's all—it's almost like if you see someone doing something like something strange going on with them. There's also this inbuilt kind of um, politeness I think human beings have, where you're like, "Well, I'm not going to say anything." And he didn't. But for days, <laughs> for days, he actually tried to convince himself. <laughs> that he'd suffered some kind of illusion. I've got a similar story coming up in
0: place of this guy in Germany and he was near a military base as well. And he claims that as he was walking off duty, he was going somewhere, coming in the opposite direction was uh, a man on the walking path. And it was about, you know, 20 or 30 meters away when he realized that this was a normal man wearing normal clothes, except his head was a dog head. He had a dog's head.
1: Oh, so it's like a dog man encounter. It was a
0: dog man encounter. And as this guy's walking forward, he's he's just
1: like, okay,
0: uh, nice to meet you, sir. He
1: didn't mention it. He didn't try and look at him. He didn't want to be rude. Yeah, this is part, this is a human element, although there's a lot of people out there that won't do this, but I think there is this inbuilt human element where it's like, I don't want to be rude. So even though I've got some weird reptilian fa- shape-shifting face in front of yeah. me, I'm like, okay, that's that's fine. Okay, it's we'll awkward go. to point out when someone is a hideous freak, especially if they're an alien. <laughs> that's right, exactly. So for the next several days, as I said, he tried to convince himself that this was an illusion, but obviously it wasn't, right? But this is what happens with these sorts of cases. And I, I'm like, was the guy being targeted or perhaps set up? Because several days later he found himself once again experiencing something strange. He has an almost identical incident when he goes to the guardhouse. So a few days later, he's going to the guardhouse and he's got some notes or a piece of paper. He's got to pick up something for someone else in the base. So he takes it up to the guardhouse. Uh, it's evening once again. And the guard is checking over the paperwork. And as the guard is checking over the paperwork, uh, he spins around and is like, oh, here, you can take the package. And he hands the package over. And right as he hands the package over, he says the guard's face changed his face became a strange creature. Now he could see through the imposed face. It was like there was this false face that was there and this false face started kind of disappearing away and the second face became solidified is the term that he used even though there was no substance really to it. He says it remained visible for about 20 seconds exactly like the previous encounter before it morphed back into a human face. And once again, he's like, okay, thanks. Have a good night." <laughs> And walks away. Well, what are you supposed to do? Like go yeah, up I, to his face and touch it? Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, <laughs> like thing, a
0: blind man. Well, the other thing, yeah, that's scent a good point. of a woman,
1: just like <laughs> touching the <laughs> touching the freak man's face. <laughs> yeah, because that wouldn't be weird at all. Um, but I also wonder if things like when you're in the military, right, you've, you're subjected to psychological analysis and those sorts of things. So if you start going, oh my God, this guy's yeah, face yeah. is changing, you're going to get checked for drugs, you're going to get interviewed, you're going to have all these issues that go on. So maybe that's part, of it. it's not so much rudeness, it's also like, I'm not going to do anything. So this is where though, this story becomes just outrageously crazy. Oh, it's like, from this be- point. Beyond, no, it's already it's crazy from This now, point, everyone. Right? Get ready. So, this is where you you put your skeptic's hat on. Oh, yeah. I mean, my skeptic's hat has been on for a while. Like I said, take all of this with a huge <laughs> grain of salt. Uh, but essentially, uh, later on, you've got it So Commander X got in contact with a researcher by the name of uh, Victor Martinez. Now, Victor Martinez made some intriguing claims in that he said that, look, there was a military operation that was being run to capture one of these extraterrestrials in human form around the same time. And I'm like, okay... All right, let's let's dig a little bit deeper into this. So, Martinez was given information by a alleged former employee of the of the DIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency, uh, who also obtained it from an anonymous source in the intelligence service. So, again, layers of of anonymity. Uh, but apparently, in the early 1980s, there was this project, and the project was called Operation Tango Sierra, and it was set up to track down an alien being living among us. Not multitudes, apparently, just the one. Um, where this came from, we're not entirely sure. But what we do know is that allegedly there was a uh, American female who was working in the military. And uh, this was 1977 when she started having contact with some type of non-human male. That's all we know about it, right? Oh, I said she's military. She's United States government. I assume that she's military, but she's United States government. She's 23 years old. Uh, up until that point, she had been said to be reliable and completely trustworthy, But the insider claimed that uh, this woman started having abduction experiences, like unsettling abduction experiences, which are a little bit different to the, the normal abduction experiences that we hear. There wasn't necessarily any type of craft, but she claims that she was taken through a veil of light to another place. She described this veil of light as being inside a light bubble. It was this bubble, and she would sit inside the bubble, and not very big, like just kind of enough to cover her body, but she would sit inside the bubble and view holographic projections. And this little... She was given a like little py- pyramid device, and the pyramid device would throw up images, and she'd just look at the images. And this male human, hubroid, or like humanoid alien, but looks like a human, would just start giving her instructions, like, yeah, humanity's in a lot of trouble, like all the, the standard kind of ufological stuff that you get when there's contacts with E.T. So on one particular abduction, uh, this E.T., who looked like a human... Mm. Says to her, "Look, um, I would show you my true form, but my true form is that um, I'm actually a hideous freak, much like the other two <laughs> that were described.
0: I like how, like that's how you connect to the cases, right? Like, that it's just a hideous freak. It's just a hideous freak. So you could ha- you could go into the archives at Area Fifty One. They could put you in charge of this, and you could just create like a genus <laughs> of aliens, and just it's all a under the umbrella hideous of freak. hideous freak." And the entire policy of the United States government to take care of this problem is based on tackling the hideous freak yeah. problem.
1: Well, when you listen to Jacob's stuff, he's like, there is a hierarchy. <laughs> so you've got an old show. Actually, let's bring these images up, Brent. So can you bring up for me, just before, just right before I do this. So bring up number one, right? So bring up this guy, yeah. right? These are known as the high collars. So David Jacobs describes an entire uh, hierarchy of these creatures, and you they really basically have hideous freaks. Mm. So you've got the insectoids, the reptilians, the high collars. The, well, you got the like they're the upper grades. Oh, I can't pop my collar. I've yeah, got buttons go. in Maybe there. Maybe I can do it with mine. So there you go. So you've got the high oh, collars. My god, there you go. Aaron,
0: you've transformed.
1: <laughs> oh my god, he's transformed everyone. <laughs> so, but the reason why this even like this is a very rudimentary drawing, obviously. But David Jacobs, uh, as I pointed out, he was a, a hypnotist. Like he was doing a lot of. um regressions and, and hypnotism with his patients. These people that were being referred to him from psychiatrists. Like he had people that were coming to him that were referred by psychiatrists because the psychiatrists were saying, this guy isn't crazy, mm. but he's having these visions yeah, yeah. of aliens and this kind of stuff. They don't know what to do with it. They that. don't know what to do with so it. So it's going to him. So what Jacob's noticed, and this is really, you know, uh, it's really a really testament to just how good of a researcher he is, is that he was drawing, without drawing conclusions, sorry, he was finding parallels in stories of people from all over the United States that uh, weren't connected in any way reporting the same type of experiences. And these experiences were, and it kept on popping up, is that there was this hierarchy of beings and one was the high collars. like These are these high, these beings. Yeah, please so put up, your collar down. So, it's freaking me out. Yeah, so bring up image two and image three. So these images are from, and I'll put these in the show notes. So if you're listening and you can't see it, just have a look in the show notes. So slightly, not as high a collar, but still a high collar. Uh, and then if you bring up number three there, Ben, this is kind of the gub. It's like an insectoid kind of creature. But again, this very high collar and this this robe. And Well, the, these were the insectolins. That's that, right. Uh, this is what Jacobs
0: calls them, right? The Yeah. And this is what uh, was discussed on um, Out of Time by Steve Aspen. He came to the same conclusion. And uh, admittedly, he worked with Jacobs and interviewed him and agreed with his work. But if you follow the phenomenon, it does seem that these entities are running the show. And I think the conclusions were that the, the remember the Greys, this is what Aspen believed, is that the Greys were the very first step in the program. That's right. To create this um, genetic well, uh, humanoid human cross and then... Through the stages, they were those first greys were created to interface with human beings. Announced to the point where the program has progressed—that's right—to where they're just producing
1: lookalikes. Well, not only lookalikes. The way that Jacobs described them is a hundred and eleven percent. I don't know why I went to that, but hundred and eleven percent human. And I'll let him. I'll play a video for you later on, which will be him describing that. But it's actually really because they're more human than human. That's just how far this program has gone. These are the the post. Hybrid humans essentially, so they're alien, but they look like they're humans. So, going back to what Commander X had you know described, or what uh, I'm not, sorry, not Commander X, it was being described by um uh, Martinez. Got a video of Commander X. Well, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. you like his uh, just disguise. a black
1: spot. It's
0: just, it's a guy at a conference with a giant black spot on his head. Should we listen? I don't know what this is. I don't know what it was.
2: Just listen Here for two seconds. Went wrong. Their eyes appear to have no pupils
0: or irises. Their hands most often have only four fingers, with the little finger missing. Okay, what well he's describing, Greys or something. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But in that video, apparently Joshua P. Warren explains who Commander X is. So he has been ID. Okay. We'll have to. Do but
1: that. I am not going through
0: thirty-seven no, minutes well, of that video.
1: That's for another episode that we'll do. So uh, essentially, what happened with this this program? This uh, A program to hunt down this human-looking alien. Obviously, he's wearing some type of disguise and who knows what the technology is, who knows what's really happening. Uh, but this woman who was having these experiences and you know, being exposed to medical examinations and being told to keep quiet by the abductor, uh, she's returned home and one day she goes to work and she just tells a colleague about it. And she says to the colleague, you know, oh, you know, I'm, I'm having these really wild and weird experiences. And rather than the co-worker going, oh, that's what, how unusual. She goes straight to the security office. <laughs> oh, nice. This, this was the co-worker's. This is why I'm assuming it. This is the co-worker's face.
0: <laughs> Just like, wow. <"Whoa." laughs> Uh, visual so, gag there, folks. Visual gag. Visual gag.
1: Yeah, you've got to be watching. So she goes to the security office, and obviously, immediately, intelligence officers arrive and they uh, speak with the woman. They conduct interviews. They do background checks. They put it through a check, sorry. They put it through lie detectors. Uh, and ultimately, they find out that, yeah, the, there is some man. Like she's interacting with something. Now, how they get to this point that it's not some delusion, or I don't know. I don't know how they get there, but that's where Operation Tango Sierra fires up. Tango Sierra. Tango Sierra. And this was to capture this alien posing as a human being. And apparently it was uh, a joint operation between the 7602 Air Intelligence Wing, Section 3, and 60 agents were deployed uh, for five months. They caught this guy. Took five months to catch this guy? five months to capture this guy near Landover in Maryland, right? They managed to to capture this guy in a shopping mall, which comes up later on, right? Which is close to Andrews Air Force Base. Now, uh, this extraterrestrial uh, voluntarily complied with his captors, and uh, it was determined that he was a male alien with no special powers or abilities. He was placed in custody and put somewhere at an army post in Virginia. An interrogation went on for several weeks. Uh, He explained that he was from a star system, which was roughly 20 light years from Earth. Uh, His home planet was approximately the same size as Earth, except it was the fourth planet uh, from the sun. And he said it took eighteen years to reach Earth using a very complex propulsion system. So it's not that it's only slightly faster than the speed of light that apparently he got here. But the whole reason why they why, why they're here is not part of the the program like Jacobs is describing or you know um, what we're talking about before. It's because they wanted to study human beings and obtain the basic body structure, anatomy, and social interplay. And I'm oh. like, is it? fascinating is it is that what you're really doing so ultimately we just we came for an observing yeah. mission fact-finding yeah. mission but then you abduct a woman who's in the in the u.s government and then you start you know showing her weird it's like this has got to be something more sinister but apparently good old jimmy carter ordered the release of the alien entity so he could return to his home planet that's nice Everyone Catching, down the again. catch and release program. The Biden of the time. <laughs> just let him loose. Let's just let him go. <laughs> so uh yeah, he uh let the guy go, and that's all we know about it. That's kind of where the, the story ends. But I think this actually fits into a much larger story of alien infiltration. Uh that it's they're everywhere. They are every and including Antarctica. What? Right, they are in the base, but that's where the laser beam facilities are. Well, we won't go into any of that kind of outlandish kind of stuff oh, that's because this is far. This is this is definitely not outlandish <laughs> by any means at all. Uh, but I'll link to this. So apparently, there was a man by the name of Mikey Campman. Now, Mikey Campman um, is the kind of guy that is uh, a man of the world, likes to travel around, doesn't have a lot of uh, technical kind of or you know qualifications. But he wanted to get a job at the South Pole, at the American South Pole Station for four months, and that was his long-term dream. He didn't have any scientific knowledge, uh, technical degrees, anything like that, which would be obviously useful if you're going to the South Pole. Uh, but he was a good cook. as a breakfast cook. So he was deployed. He got the job and was deployed. Now, he claims that when he first landed, the boss of the, the base came up to meet him. He apparently had this thing of, of meeting everyone. And he said, "Oh, it's a good day to you know, it's a good time to be here during the summer because uh, you know during the winter that's when the greys come out." <laughs> and he's like, "What? Yeah." And of course, his reaction is, "It's a joke, right? Yeah, it's a, a exactly." You know, is the comment some type of weird initiation ritual? You know, is it having fun at the expense of what they called ice rookies? Is that what's going on? You know, and um, is there something else happening here, right? But it it really does seem like a joke. It's complete, and maybe it is. Apart from the fact that uh, much later. And very much like what you were describing in the last show, Ben, about those weird phone calls and the, the robotic kind of voice, he claims that one day he was uh, working in, in the kitchen. And I think they had about maybe 250 or so people that they had to cook for. So it was a rather large base. And on this particular day, uh, he walked out the back to where there were a couple of dishwashers. These people were a uh, husband and wife couple, apparently. And they looked relatively normal. They looked like they were humans. But um, they were washing dishes, but they didn't realize that he was there. Now, Mikey claims- Did they as, have normal collars? Well, they had normal collars as far as we know, but he says as he walked towards them, they were having some sort of conversation in an unknown language. And guess what he says? It wasn't English or Spanish, which sometimes it's described, right? As being like this- Like rapid fire Spanish sounding language. He said it was digital. He said it sounded <laughs> Digital. It's the only way that. He, and now he, um, he said, there was no way he could recreate it. There was this weird kind of like clicks and tis, so tis snaps. You just come across two pe- random people at like a at couple your of office, 90s
0: modems, and they both sound like R2D2. Yeah,
1: there are just a couple of modems right that are uh, doing a handshake. <laughs> now apparently the husband spun around and saw him and realized that there was someone there. So he kind of like hinted, like hinted to his wife to stop these robotic speaks, uh, squeaks, and he's like the hell she just kept going she just kept going and <laughs> he's like out of the corner he's like stop and they both stopped and he's like what the hell was that like that's maybe so... she's got Tourette's yeah but, <laughs> she just bleeps but out they were both perfectly speaking in this weird digital language he said and like not much else came of this because he spent i think the remainder of his time there and everything was was okay um but ultimately he like when he was leaving going away he went up to one of them and he's like um are you are you an alien Like, come on, like, what's going on? And she was like, oh, that's so sweet. You think we're aliens. And the whole kick into the thing was, is that she didn't say no. And I'm Uh like, she didn't deny it. She didn't deny it. But I'm like, well, if someone came up and said, it's the kind of thing, like, do you have to deny it? You know, like, Mm -hmm. just because she doesn't say I'm not an alien. But I thought, okay, this forms part of a greater kind of scene of like, well, if they are here on earth, of course they would be everywhere. They would be integrated into all elements of society at all levels, like Everywhere, experiencing everything. And for what purpose? Well, it's probably because the more information they have, the easier it will be to perform a takeover. They'll know exactly what they... And the best way to perform a takeover is to replace us. All right? So this, like, people talk about the conspiracy theory of replacement, population replacement. That's what the greys have been doing. All these aliens have been doing the entire time. They've been doing it from 1890. They've been running this hybrid program. They've been abducting people. They've been using people to train people so that the abductees can train the hybrids right well the the argument behind the
0: genetics of the program is to when you say replace us it's to replace our souls it's where you populate the world with human beings who look like human beings, act like human beings, but are not human beings.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't get into into any of that soul stuff today, but I, I mean, you and I have touched on that before. And I think that is the element of it, right? Like there's if you go to a more spiritual kind of element, like why, like why do they want to be here? And it's like, well, it's because earth is special. If you've got the capabilities of traveling all throughout space, there's plenty of other planets that are like earth that would have, but there's something special about earth and it's humanity. It's, it's us. And I think it's our spiritual side. It's something about us, our soul, that they want, that they can't get. Um, and what better way to get access to that? Because it's what some people have written in spiritual texts and you know those sorts of ideas is that um, that is what allows us, our humanity is what allows us to get into the other spiritual realm, this other space where these people, these entities, they can't get to. But what they can do is do it by taking over humanity. So what David Jacob starts getting into And this is actually in his last book, which I've touched on, but I dug it out a little bit today to have a look in a couple of the chapters that I never went into. And there's an entire chapter he's written about the training of people. Uh, So he's got three books. Is this Walking Among Us? This is Walking Among Us, The Alien Plan to Control Humanity. But he's also got The Threat, Revealing the Secret Alien Agenda. And there's also uh, Secret Life, Firsthand Documented Accounts of UFO Abductions. Of course, you know, all these three books, I'll I'll link to in the show notes so you can go pick them up. They are excellent. They are disturbing. And it's the latter chapters
0: where he's talking about them going and getting furniture. Yes. And
1: these training
0: abductees the ones that are responsible for helping them integrate into society have all these stories about them not knowing what meat is for example like why a steak needs to go in the fridge but not in the cupboard and it's kind of fun and funny to read it
1: but it just gets so inane yes so quickly yeah yeah <laughs> because it, because it is that that outtake from Bruno uh Brunton Bruno yeah right where that more movie? Yeah, Borat, sorry. Or he's what, going, what is this? Yeah, what is this? What he's is like, this? Geez, it's like cheese. It's like that. It's exactly like that. But that's what's going on with this stuff. But I pulled out some more of the obscure stories of what's going on, not just here on Earth, but also what allegedly has been happening on the craft to abductees. But before we do that, let's play a little bit of audio, a little bit of video, I'm sorry, from uh, David Jacobs at a conference he was presenting at uh, well over a decade ago now. Um, but this is where we're at. He's describing the human stage of the program we are now at the human stage oh let's take now, a look.
2: here's a little secret i'm not talking about human stage hybrids if you read the threat i went to late stage hybrids and that's where i stopped but this is not human stage human stage is different so but she looks pretty good she could probably pass Here's another sort of late-stage hybrid who has uh, very large pupils, looks like a hunk, and he's wearing some sort of a, a uniform, which leads people to think that they're American military and, uh, and they, the American government is involved with, uh, with abducting people and that sort of stuff. Uh, and, but this is, in fact, a, a late-stage hybrid. Here's a late-stage hybrid, uh, uh, a group of them wearing what looks like American military uniforms. Now, you don't know whether these hats are confabulation or not. Maybe they're not. But uh, they interrogate the two abductees standing in the middle. And for reasons that we do not know, do not understand.
0: So, does he say that my labs? Are uh, military abductions are
1: just these beings? No, he doesn't say that, but he alludes to it. But I am, I am also suggesting that that might be what is occurring here. So that story I told you, you know, very early on in the show, which I, I awesome. yeah, I read separately. I was like, oh my god, the and that's why I included that in the show because I'm like, this isn't a my lab this could be part of this late stage hybrid program. And it all starts to make sense when you start digging deeper, especially into Jacob's work. Why would you start off with the hideous aliens then for the fifth abduction you send in the hunks in uniform? Because it's part of the conditioning of people. in the pro- So this is where it starts coming into how they're controlling people, how they're um, teaching them, they're kind of adjusting them. Mm-hmm. In a, really in a nutshell, because otherwise it'll just take too long. The crux of what he's describing, and we will go and play these other videos, but he essentially says that like the whole... We've heard from many, many years ago, people describing that when they're abducted and they're completely flipping out and freaking out, that some gray will come over with those huge eyes and will come to be, you know, just right in front of their face and will look deep into their eyes and all of a sudden they'll be calm. Like there's this calming effect going on. Jacob's, what does Jacobs call it the hip, the hypnotizing effect. Y- or yes. Uh, he goes so far as to suggest that what this actually is, it's part of some type of modification that's taking place of the abductee. And because we know what abductees is usually never one abduction. There's multiples of abductions because this is part of the program. So they get abducted and there's an alteration. And he says, look, one of the side effects of people getting abducted is that a lot of people start realizing they have these incredible telepathic abilities. Like after they've been abducted, but they wane. It's almost like something, a switch, an innate ability that all human beings have, which is atrophied and which is lost, but is this telepathic ability. It's switched off. But these aliens have switched it back on because they need it for their process, but then they put it into deep hibernation. So when you come back from an abduction for a few days, maybe a week, kind of telepathic, you're picking up things and sensing the memories from it, or you're hearing your neighbors speaking in their mind, all that kind of stuff starts happening. And it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. But it's part of a greater program of conditioning the abductee to be able to control them, telepathically control them, and then allow the abductee to control other abductees right. later on. And that's a really important
0: point from Jacob's work. He claims with these late stage hybrids, he calls them the genetically engineered human looking entities from these aliens, they can control regular human beings with yes. their mind. Yep. And it's a quite a simple thing to do. Play
1: number th- three, I think it is for me, Ben, the mind control. You got two named yeah, number three. Yeah, I know. Mind control, please.
2: Here's a human stage hybrid. Here's another one.
0: Wow, get a haircut, bro! <laughs> That's the first thing you would say. Is if you want to blend into society, you need to get a haircut right now. You'd be like, "What is a haircut?" Yeah, they don't know. Yeah,
2: no idea. These people look human. Their eyes are not too big. Everything is fine. They got normal haircuts of sorts. They're they are just human. They're human. They are human. They're a hundred and eleven percent human, but they're not hundred and thirteen percent human. And that extra 2% means that they can connect neurally into you and control you. That's the one thing they got that we don't have. That makes us a second-class species, not second-class citizens, mm-hmm. second-class species.
1: So this is part of what's going on with abductees. Abductees are being pulled into the program, and they are victims, don't get me wrong, they're victims of this program, but they become tools of the program. And what they essentially are being used for is because they obviously don't have enough of an invasion force to be able to take over humanity, they recruit people that are here. They genetically alter them to make them telepathically sensitive, apparently, according to these reports. Uh, and then once that's happened, they have the ability to do mind control and get people to do whatever they want. So, this is how, and this is the strange thing when you look at other abduction reports, we're not just talking about reports from David Jacobs. If you look through the history, you find people go, Oh, all of a sudden, I had this strange, compelling feeling to go outside and look at the stars. Or in really extreme examples, I had this strange feeling to drive to a remote field and just wait in the field. And they're abducted. They're going to isolated locations because they're being controlled by someone. There's this mental control element coming in. But also for these these abductees that become trainers, part of their role is to undergo training on the starship or on the, the UFO. Play uh, abduct training for me, please, Ben.
2: And abductee tells me that she's, um, that they're gonna, they, they told her she's gonna be doing something different. She's gonna be doing something different. Now that's gonna be really good and she's really gonna like it and she's gonna be doing something different. So you get her with a trainer, somebody who's gonna help her do this. And she has, there's a group of abductees. She's standing on a little platform like this. And there's a group of abductees sitting in an audience like that. But uh, no, maybe there's like 10 abductees. And she has to, with her mind, force them to stand up. And as you go, oh, I can't, I can't, do, I can't do that. What do you mean? No, oh, no, you can do it. You can do it. You just try it. This is very typical of hybrid games where with their minds, they have uh, these little kids will then balls float up and they can, and the balls will float around, float around and they float down. And the kids say, I, how did you do that? You know, I can't, I could never do that. Oh yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can do it. You can do it. And then they, they, they try and try and try it. And up goes the ball. You know, I've heard the, 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 these are kids learning this. Now we have adults learning this. Get these people to stand up. Okay. She gets them to stand up. The next stage, they're behind a wall in another room. Get them to stand up and walk out here. And she is able to do that with her mind. Next stage, um, some other thing. There's one in a room down the hall. You've got to get her to do this and that. And, this, and there's a female one down there. So I remember. And another stage, find an abductee somewhere on earth. There's one spick, There's one that was picked out for her. And she has to sort of search in her mind for where this guy is and find him, which he could do.
1: So that Particular last case uh, was mentioned in his book, in and I think it was the last book, "Walking Among Us: The Alien Plan to Control Humanity," and that is particularly disturbing because it demonstrates this escalation of, of training. So he mentioned just fleetingly a couple of those training scenarios, and he says that with the kids, right? And normally we do hear when we talk about abductees, right? And they have these recollections. So I realize that they've been an abductee for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got childhood experiences which are suppressed. You know, put the back of their minds. Well, these kids will describe playing with the toys of the hybrids. So they're essentially teamed up. So for some people, it's a very selective process. They they are selected and they are teamed up with their hybrid for life. And Jacob says that they can go with people for decades, like 30, 40 years. He says, what is strange, you'd never see a hybrid over 60. But these reports that they're never, we don't know what happens. To Good. Them. Yeah. I'm like, maybe they've got <laughs> an expiry date. Maybe they're like replicants or something. Who knows? Um, But he says that like a child will be placed with another child, and they'll start playing. And the child essentially will try to teach the abductee how to control devices with their mind. So there was this one where a woman was shown um, this weird ball-type apparatus, and she was told that she can move this ball. And there's no way she could. It had these plates on it, and it was trying to move the plates from one side to the other. And the hybrid did it without any trouble whatsoever. It's a bit like Jedi training or something. That's exactly what it's like, right? It it sounds like it's a bit cringe, but this is apparently what's taking on with these kids. And it's very exciting, but it starts early. So then you start getting into the stories later on that become much darker for their purpose and their role. Uh, And this is the medical stuff that starts coming up. The standard staple of uh, alien abductions, people always undergo some type of medical procedure well, they're now training hybrids. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. They're now training abductees, how to do it.
2: One woman years ago told me about how she was uh, brought aboard the object, and there was a uh, a hybrid who was. There were two hybrids. One was like a uh, specialist type guy he was doing a, doing a procedure, and there was a hybrid laying on a table. The hybrid standing up has a scalpel-like instrument in his hand, and he makes a cut in the person's neck, the hybrid's neck on the table. Then he takes what looks like a, a light pen, and he goes like that, and it, it heals, up, heals up, heals up, heals up, heals up, heals up, done. Then he gives her the scalpel, he and he says, you do it. So she cuts, the, she makes a cut, then he gives her this other instrument, and she's trying to do it, but she's, she's not quite doing it right. She's getting it, but it's not fully. So funny, he grabs it out of her hand, and he finishes it up. Oh, you did a good, you did a good job. That was a, that was a good job. I thought to myself, what the heck is that?
0: Yeah, what is what, that? Yeah. What are they training them for? Why? Well, Jacob's later on, he talks about um, often these abductees, It's almost as if they're being trained for a particular event that's going to happen. Yes. And you get the sense of... It's the alien great reset. Emergency situations or chaos in society where these individuals will be able to control groups of human beings, normal human beings, with these abilities that they're being trained with?
1: Well, if you recall, I think when actually when David was on our show, he said that one of the abductees had a training scenario, if I recall correctly, that um, they were being taught how to control people like crowds, like control entire crowds. And when they were controlling entire crowds, one of the scenario that they were told was to guide people uh, into like there was a map that was shown of streets. It was like a 3D overlay of a street and there was a crowd that was going crazy. And then the abductee was supposed to use their mind to control them to direct them into a certain street and in the street was a UFO sitting and that's these right. people were herded inside the UFO. Now, that's, I mean, that, that's terrifying. I mean, that that's Holocaust kind of stuff. It's absolutely dreadful. Um, but that seems to be where this is going. This is what this is suggested and like this is part of the program that people are being trained to turn on other people and have been given the abilities to turn on other people and they don't want to. Apparently they're under some type of control. Um, and that's where we get to some of these stories of control. So I want to give you a few examples The question that comes to mind is if they have these hubrids,
0: which for all intents and purposes are, as he says, 111% human,
1: why do they need these abductees at all? Because they're still training them. You're absolutely right. It will come to a point where they won't require them anymore. But for the moment, they need them. They need them to be able to bring in more people, to target more people, to train them. And this is what all these stories are. So listen to this. This is just nuts. There was Paul, the story of, sorry, not Paul, Phil, Phil Nelson. He's an abductee. He found himself placed in front of a console at one point, and he was uh, teamed up with one of these Hubrids, like one of these human Hubrids. And uh, he was taught how to fly a UFO. Like this That's is part right. of the console hey. training. Clint Samuels, he practiced maneuvering a UFO as well. He thought he was placed in some type of weird flight simulator. Uh, this weird hybrid, human hybrid, about 50 years old with gray hair and wearing a uniform, looking like a military officer, instructed him how to maneuver the ufo but then there's a more outrageous story right and that's like well you do hear occasionally stories of abductees being shown how to fly ufos it's rare but it does happen but there's this one story of a woman where she was taken she was been an abductee for a while she's been teamed up with one of these hybrids and this hybrid's been doing all this terrible freaky stuff to her um but essentially she was placed um aboard this this ufo and one of these beings stood next to her and was like, well, I'm going to show you how to control it you know, control this UFO. She's like, what am I supposed to do? And she looks down into a field, like the UFO is sitting and hovering over this field in this kind of valley. And there's a bunch of, in the distance, like a pissed off mob and pitchforks and torches and blue <laughs> hair. And they're screaming about the current thing. And as they're running through, they're actually chasing a grey. And there's this tiny little gray <laughs> as he's running through, right? Just trying to get the hell out. And the human hybrid is like, you've got to rescue him. She's like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do? He's like, you can fly the UFO. She's like, no, I can't. I can't. And he's like, yes, all you have to do. And there's all these symbols. Like there's all these characters in front of him. And she's like, you have to place your hand over this symbol. And the moment she places her hand over this symbol on the display, it's like some type of memory recall or something. And she she manages to fly down as this little UFO is running with all these pitchforks fly over the top of the alien and somehow just kind of, it's like an action film, keep flying a little bit, little door opens at the back the gray jumps <laughs> on and like get the hell out of there. So I'm like, why? why? Why would they just rescue the gray? Why are they teaching abductees to do this? It just doesn't make sense. But as Jacob says, look, he's done hundreds of these regressions mm. or thousands of these regressions, I'm sorry, with hundreds of clients that are all completely separated. They're reporting the same things. They're being forced to... Teach people they're being forced to learn. You know, one woman described that she had to convince a man that he was standing on the edge of a cliff, and he was inside the room, and he got into this battle with her. So uh, he said, or she, descri- or Jacobs described what she said, in that she was being put under one of these procedures, and there were like people abductees that were lying on tables, and she walked up to one of them and she looked deep into its eyes because she'd been trained to do this eye technique, and when mm-hmm. she looked deep into its eyes, she said it's like you go into a space. And she said, because this hybrid had his hand on her shoulder or something, it was almost like somehow through her, through that physical contact, he was in her mind and he was guiding her inside the abductee's mind where to go to this space. Like there's a space inside the human mind. And once you get in there, if you go to a particular location, that's where you can control them. It's like navigating the target's psyche. Yeah. Yeah. And so she kind of is navigated and guided through and she finds this space where she's able to control. She gets hold of it. It's like this white floating like energy Mm. and she manages to get into it and control the abductee. So then later on, there's reports of where um, she's told to try and um, get this guy who she's like, I think she comes, I think he comes to and she's standing in a room and she's in like this glass kind of um, balcony and she's looking down over this empty hall. And in the empty hall, there's this naked guy and the naked guy is just flipping out. He's fully conscious. He's fully, he's not a human hybrid. He's just a human. He's just an abductee. And her job is to calm him down using her mind. And she's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And of course, there's a gray, there's a hybrid standing around her. They guide her to calm him down. And eventually she does. Of course, she does get it wrong one time. She tries to calm a guy down on the bed and like lying on this table. And as she does so, he just totally flips out. Like if she gets it wrong, she like runs into something, like maybe some type of psychological mechanism, who knows. Um, But she's kind of like blasted out of this space that they've created and he jumps up off the table. He's like throwing instruments. Uh, and this other being comes along and just does it straight away, completely shuts him down and completely controls him. But they were training her to do that. And she's like, oh, I thought I'd failed the test, but they were pleased. They were happy about it. So it's like, again, we're only left with the question as to why. Like, Why are you teaching abductees to do this? But then of course, we can't ignore the earth factor as well. Because once they're all trained up, once they're all trained up on board and there's all these series and I'll link to the book so you can go and check all these stories of what people describe happens on board the yeah, craft. Yeah, my favourite one was
0: when the one of these abductees was showing the Hubrids how to order things off Amazon. Yeah, and right. Remember they were, yeah remember, they were really frustrated that it didn't come straight away. Like once you click
1: buy on Amazon, it doesn't teleport through the computer. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they thought that was crap. Yeah. So some of these, maybe we can get a scene for what, an understanding for what potentially is going on. Because he says uh, in his second book, he noticed that there was um, this recurring theme of people being shown picnics. Like he, they were shown picnics or they were shown family photographs or what appeared to be family photographs. And the abductees are just looking at pictures like it's just a picnic. And it's just like a school photograph, a bunch of 12 kids standing on a, on a, like a set of stairs. And the aliens are like, point out which ones are us. I'm like, they're not, it's not you, it's us. Oh, right. And they're kind of like, good. Because they've perfected their humans because they're all aliens. They're all aliens, but they're trying to see if they can get, if they can pass. Right. And they are like, apparently that that's the level that the program has gotten to now. But the reason why, and this is where I want to conclude. The reason why I don't think they're going to be completely able to take over, not yet, right? I don't think the program is going perfectly because they're morons. They're dumb as a bag of rocks. And one of the great stories that we do know, right, Ben, is the story of where a woman is, I think her name was Bethany. I think that was the the woman that was involved in all these cases on earth. Uh, But she was woken up in the middle of the night by the enforcer. So the enforcer is a a subset of humanoids or hubrids that are dedicated to security only. That's all right. they do. They're security. They're the men in black, possibly the, the men in black. They're the heavies. Uh, everything that they do is shutting everyone up, keeping it quiet, not like keeping the abductees in line, keeping the hybrids safe. That's that's their role. So one of them is known as the enforcer. And he just shows up inside this woman's bedroom in the middle of the night. He's like, you're coming with us now. She's like, what? No, no, she's all groggy. And like they drag her out of bed, drag her out of bed, put her in a standard SUV, it's like just a normal SUV. The hybrid drives the car, right? Mm. I'll get back to why the hybrids could drive cars. But drives the car, they drive to just this kind of like like low rent apartment complex and they take her inside and they're like, so what do we do? And they spent all night, that's like when she walked into the, the living room and everything's like piled up in the corner. Yeah, because they, they, they don't goes. know where furniture goes. They don't know where furniture goes. Let's they don't under, in the microwave. They
0: don't understand that a living room is separate to the dining room and they just can't wrap their head around that concept. No,
1: it's because they're alien. And they're they not human. They, they, and they cannot get it. And even now they still can't get it. And like one woman was abducted and she was told that she had to like teach people like what a dog is and what a goat is and you know, what's up. They, they can't, there's just so much knowledge about being a human, right. That is actually inherent that I don't think you can really pick up in this. Unless you're integrated into society, you just want a really great example.
0: There's concepts and there's thoughts and there's ideas and and idioms that have built up over thousands of years of millennia. Yeah, human history and culture. And to just drop an alien into that situation and expect them to get it, of course they're not
1: going to get it. They're not going to get it. I don't think they ever will get it because they will not get the essence of what being human is. It reminded me actually of that... uh, that terrible case of that family, remember that family in, I think it was Iowa or Oklahoma, but they'd kept all their children chained up. And one of the the daughters, a 16-year-old daughter, she escaped, right? And she escaped and she'd been locked up for 16 years. And she managed to escape and she called 911. And when she called 911, she couldn't describe, like, the, she didn't understand what a street name was. She didn't understand, like, she started reading out numbers and the the 911 operator is like, you're just giving me these random numbers. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know what any of this is. It's because she never went to school. Like mm. that's, And she's human, right? But she'd been disconnected from it that she just didn't understand yeah. any of it.
0: There was a good example when one of these uh, abductees sat them down and they were watching television. They were really interested in television. They were flicking through the channels. And they would watch like a show that was like Family Ties or, you know, some kind of sitcom or something. But they would watch for the details of what was in the picture versus what was actually happening in yes. the show like they yep. couldn't work out that there was a plot or that the plot had a purpose or that p- the people speaking were com- trying to communicate something they were interested in okay that tv in the background what does that connect to how does that work like what's this chair doing what's that doing yeah like, it's all the superfluous information yeah it's and but you got to think that
1: they would have worked it out by now
0: maybe because all this and stuff is from what, this is 10 years
1: ago roughly now 2000s um, right yeah i mean there was this one time of this couple where they woke up in the morning and they went out and they found <clears throat> pardon me that their lawn was destroyed like someone had come and done burnouts on their lawn and she's like burnouts. what the hell's going on and later on when she underwent a regression she realized that this enforcer one of these security personnel turned up with three dudes like three hybrids like 19 year old hybrids and he's like you're going to teach them how to drive and she's like, I can't. I can't teach them how to drive. And she's like, he's like, yes, you are now. So they went out and they're in the dark. They don't know how the headlights work. She's like, you can't drive. And they're just driving the car and, and she's trying to explain it to them. So they're just ripping up her lawn, yeah, yeah, yeah. trashing the place. They eventually, there's this one story. I don't know if it, no, it was the same woman, but she got up and she was compelled, she was controlled to drive to like a, a Kmart, which is now gone, but a Kmart parking lot, like in the middle of the night. And she gets there and the enforcer's standing there with another young hybrid. And he's like, you're going to teach him to drive. And she's like, no, I can't. Like, I can't do this. He's like, you're going to do it and just under control, right? So he starts driving. He drives into a chain link fence. But when he drives to the chain link fence, it breaks the control. And she like gets, she's like, oh, oh. oh she's all awake. And she's suddenly like fully with it. And she runs. She starts running, but she can't really run because her leg is injured. And she's trying to get away. And straight away, it's like that control straight into her head and she's back. Gets her back, yeah. Gets her back. So, I mean, in conclusion... That's a good question, Ben. Where are we now? Because ultimately what is suggested, and this is from more recent reports, is that the upper echelons of government, military, uh, all institutions, religious institutions have all now been compromised by these more human than human hybrids. And I'm like, it's kind of believable because look at the way the world's going. The world is a mess. I mean, the world's always been a mess, but it feels like it's more of a mess than ever at the moment. Wouldn't wouldn't they want to keep the world... Running, running well, running well they so would. that they can take over a run, a system that performs well. I don't, but this is a. I don't know if that's what they want, though. I don't think it's about taking over the system. I think it's just about simply taking over. I think they haven't thought. Maybe they haven't thought that far ahead. It's just about taking over, because they keep on these uh, these abductees keep on saying they're waiting for this moment, which you alluded to before. They're waiting for this An event. event the supposed to, and what that event is, well. Who knows? But it's been at least 130 years in the making. So, I mean, terrifying if it's real. I mean, as I said, you got to take all these stories with a grain of salt. But when it comes to Jacobs, I'm more inclined to believe his experiences after working with people like Bud Hopkins, Yvonne Smith, John Mack. You know, he's a respected you know, doctor of, of his education, historian for 35 years. The guy's... He's You're,
0: relentless, though. you got to think that his entire career is destroyed. He is can't gone. do anything else. He, he must be uh, not making much money at all because mm. what money is there in, There's no money in this UFO field. books? No. And he's just stuck with it. Uh, you got to you got to give him credit and admire him for discovering something he thinks is happening and that's true and it's very important. And he's been doggedly going at it, trying to get to the bottom of it for decades. Decades. And, and no one cares. No, that's the thing. And, what, and when you hear all this stuff about UFOs and UAPs and official talk about looking into it, until you hear in Congress or even on Tucker Carlson, until you hear someone discussing the abduction phenomenon,
1: forget about getting to the bottom of any of it. Yep, Because that yep. is the most important Lights thing. in the sky, you know, crash craft, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's kind of cool, but it means nothing. It's about the human experience. And I don't think we're there yet. And I think that's part of the reason. We're being led. We're being fed a narrative because it feeds part of their program. We're not going to be told the truth.
0: Very, very um, enlightening.
1: I think so. I was going to say um, inspiring, but it's not. It's depressing as hell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, but make sure you check out his books. And I'll link to that presentation he did as well. He did hint uh, in a couple of the articles I was reading today that he's got an entire another book ready. Oh, there's got a, He's working on an entire another book. Yeah, we've heard that for a couple of years that he's got uh, another one he's well, going to release
0: on updated he, research. And that's really what we want to know. But the, the thing about Jacobs is he's retired, though. He's hes yep. not hes not doing this anymore.
1: Do you know what he said as well? He said there's been times where um, it was quite scary for him is that uh, one of these enforcers tried to track him down.
0: Well, this is what I was, was going to mention earlier is that he's regressing and putting these women and men under hypnosis and getting these experiences while it's happening. That's right. Like it could have happened the day before and then they go and see Jacobs and he's asking them like, oh, you had a strange dream? Like what
1: happened? Oh, he said people have been abducted from his driveway. Like His driveway? Yeah, he said there was a woman that was coming and apparently some entity showed up and tried to stop her and she was like, no, I'm going. Like I'm going to. And she was abducted from his driveway before he got in. So this is how serious this stuff is, allegedly, if true. So, speaking of serious, coming up after the break, oh yeah. we're going to be discussing
0: bumblebees, uh, fairies riding bumblebees, <laughs> armies of bumblebees, and you right. might laugh, you might sit oh, there no, laughing, no, no. No. but when you've got a thousand angry bumblebee riders heading straight for your face, in the that middle is, of in the middle of Bruges, yeah, that, is, that is serious. <laughs> I'll give you that. That is
1: immensely serious.
0: Fairy census two finally released coming up in our plus extension hundreds and hundreds of reports of strange encounters from all over the world we're going to be looking at that after the break Uh, exclusive to our members mysteriousuniverse.org forward slash plus sign up today if you haven't already got access plus members get access to the extensions on these shows that we do every single friday which go for more than an hour typically Uh, You also get an entirely exclusive show every single Tuesday as well. Exclusive to Plus. More than double the content if you sign up for Plus. Plus members also get a totally ad-free version of the show. Uh, You also get a higher bitrate MP3 file if you are listening to our audio. And our MU Max members get access to our entire back catalogue going back 17 years worth of shows. MysteriousUniverse.org forward slash Plus. Sign up today. Help support your favourite show. That's a wrap for this free edition of MU. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're on Plus, stick around for the great stuff after the break. For everyone else, we'll catch you next week.